0: Books. Um, so Facebook is so screwed up that I have to do this whole thing over again because it lost my video, and I've never lost a video before. Anyway, I wanted to talk a little bit about my book tonight. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the um, inspiration for my book. I want to talk a little bit about what the book does, um, a little bit about what's in the book that I think will help um, many runners and triathletes um, become better, uh, runners and triathletes, and that's the whole point of the book. Um, You know, I think in the beginning of the book, initially, I talk about my career as a runner, a little bit about my story. And I remember, you know, I was raised in a time where a lot of families don't get divorced and my parents were divorced. And uh, so I didn't have a soccer mom. Um, My mom worked very, very hard, um, seven days a week um, to support my sister and myself and try to give us the best life that she possibly could which means that I didn't get driven around to baseball games or we didn't play soccer back then, baseball games or football games or whatever it was that I was doing. I had to get there myself. And obviously before driving, that meant foot transportation. Um, And I ran a lot of places. That was the way I got to places. I ran to get there. Um, So if you ask my mom um, at what age I started to walk, she'll say he never walked. He stood up and ran because I had been running for as long as I can remember. Um, I started my kind of official running life in junior high school. I was a sprinter, I ran 100 and 200, back then it was called 100-yard dash and 200-yard dash. Um, I got into high school, I ran the 400 and the 800 and eventually became a miler. Um, and later on, I started to increase my distances and, and my endurance career um, you know, was, was taking off and I found a, a deeper love for being an endurance runner than a, a short distance runner. Um, And that's carried me through my life. Um, I've always loved running. Uh, No matter what situation my life was in, no matter what the circumstances were, I always found a way to run. Because at at the end of the day, if things were going bad, if things were going great, running made it better. And uh, to this day, I I feel the exact same way that I get no more enjoyment, I get no more relaxation, I get no more relief from stress than when I'm running. Uh, I went into coaching accidentally Um, I was in Boulder, Colorado, and I was going to nursing school and I was working as a personal trainer. And the director of the fitness center I was in, Boulder Country Club, asked me if I would like to um, put together a training program for the local 10K, which is one of the largest road races in the world for the membership, and I did. Um, A few members really liked it and they thought I should be doing this for a living. And long story short, less than a year later, I started doing it for a living, and that's almost 25 years ago. Um, I migrated from a running coach into a running and triathlon coach. I may possibly have been the first coach to coach ultra runners. I was co- coaching ultra runners in um, back in 1999 and 2000, guys who were doing, you know, back then, 50 milers. So I've been doing all aspects of this for a very, very, very long time. And what's interesting to me is I've been doing it with effort-based training or heart rate-based training that entire time, um, I learned heart rate based training from, from Joe Friel when I took up the sport of triathlon and uh, read his book, worked with him for a little bit as, as his running coach before I migrated back out on my own again. And uh, I just think it's it's the most useful, plausible, successful way to train if you commit yourself to the process. And the process is a process. You know, you'll read books and you'll hear coaches talk about microcycles, mega cycles, Max of cycles, whatever kind of cycles they want to talk about, and you just go, huh? um, and they don't mean to do that maliciously. They're just, you know, they're expressing things in technical terms like scientists, and some of them are very good scientists. Um, Joe Friel, in my opinion, is the genius of of, of heart rate based training, um, and but sometimes very confusing. Um, If you're if you're a layperson to understand what's trying to be communicated to you um, about a periodization cycle and how it works. Um, You know, where does it all take place? Where does it begin? What's the importance of those easy runs in the beginning of a cycle? And when we talk about zone two efforts or easy runs as we're building base, a lot of people get confused by what that means. What that means is, yes, you're going out and you're running easy, but you're not running so slow or so easy that it's not a workout. And it's important to make that distinction early on in the training cycle. So you're getting what you need to get out of that first phase of training. The other thing you get out of that first phase of training and why it is so important, your body is developing two very key ingredients, more mitochondria, more capillaries. Again, two big words, what do they mean? Mitochondria are just a little powerhouse cells, the little powerhouses that provide energy to the muscles. Capillaries are the smallest veins, smallest vessels in your body that transport blood and oxygen. So, why is it important to have more? Well, as I've developed, when I'm running easy, and I'm running aerobically, and let's use that term aerobically, and when I say aerobically, that means with oxygen, okay? So if I'm running with oxygen, and basically at a conversational pace like this, I'm developing more mitochondria than when I run hard. So as these mitochondria develop and get more and more and more, later on in phases of training, when you start to do harder work, now you're taking this abundance of mitochondria that you developed and are making them more powerful, which in turn helps you become a better endurance athlete, a faster endurance athlete. But if you skip the base phase, developing those, you're cutting yourself short because you're cutting out the amount of mitochondria that you can use to make stronger later on in your cycle. Capillaries transport blood and oxygen, so it only makes sense. The more capillaries you have, the better you are at transporting blood and oxygen through the body. And that's why the base phase of uh, training is so, so important to your success 24 or 30 weeks later. And the, the problem that I always see and you know I say, and not a problem it's it's, it's just something that i see people go online and they google marathon training or they google ironman training or they go out and they buy a book and um, ironman training or marathon training and they don't get the full understanding of it you know you google you google marathon training or ironman training and you're going to come up with you know 70 80 100 200 you know different training programs out there and what's the issue with that well none of those training programs are written for you there's no malice intent but if I were, you know, if I weren't a coach and if I didn't, hadn't trained on how to work with individuals and I just ran a marathon and said, okay, I'm going to train people to run a marathon, I would train them like I trained. And that's what most of these programs are. They're programs that are trained by people who have finished races, I mean, and they put them online, wanting to help people. Their intentions are good, but they're not individualized. And let's face it, we are all individuals. We all recover from stresses differently. We all we all recover from recover. We all recover differently, right? So you can't take someone else's program and make it your program. That's a recipe for disaster. It can be a recipe for injury if you're not careful. So why the book? The book puts into layman terms how to approach effort-based training, what the five cycles of effort-based training are, how to migrate through, how to get the, popular, the proper muscular adaptation so, that you can avoid injury, get stronger, get faster as you progress to your race day. And I put that in terms that you can understand. The other thing I offer to everyone who purchases the book, and it's $14.99, and for that $14.99, you get an ebook, an audio book, and the free training program. And that training program you can use in 2021, because let's face it, I'm <sighs> gonna make a lot of people mad with this one. There aren't going to be any races in 2020. There aren't going to be any major races in 2020. Let's say that. And and I know a lot of us are frustrated. Look, I have a girl who I train, and she's a terrific athlete, signed up. you know, She qualified for Boston. Boston went away. She was signed up for Lake Placid. Lake Placid went away. She deferred to Louisville. Louisville was just canceled today. Um, so we, we see more and more of the races. She also signed up for Muncie 70.3, and that was canceled as well. So there's a lot of frustration with you guys. I know there's a lot of frustration. And a lot of people say, well, why do I want to train when I can't race this year? And quite frankly, I really don't believe there's going to be any races this year. Um, and you you can't get mad at the race companies. You can't get mad at the race directors. And you can't get mad at the cities. And what most people don't understand is these cancellations um, aren't due to the fact that a lot of these companies are worried about the athletes you know, spreading COVID. Um, it's there's no crowd control, there's crowd control issues. Look, if you go to an Ironman race or a marathon, there's people lying in the sidewalks and, and, and the courses all along the way. It's impossible to police that, absolutely impossible cost-wise to police that. You can't rely on volunteers to keep people separated. As good-willed as volunteers are, and let's face it, volunteers are what makes this all possible for us. There's not, they to put that responsibility on them is way too much of a burden. So you have to have medical professionals, police professionals, and who knows the increased numbers of those professionals that you need to have to make a race safe for the spectators, more so than for the athletes. And that's why so many races are being canceled. The cities are saying, this is dangerous. And the race directors are saying, we can't, we can't afford to you know, supply this kind of logistical support. So please be understanding. Um, you know, make your plans for 2021. Now start thinking about 2021 now because that's when it's going to happen again for for everyone um, as far as you know major events go. Now there might be small races in, in November. I'm sure we'll see smaller turkey trots that'll happen, and you know we'll see Christmas races. We'll see the kind of races that are smaller local events that you all enjoy participating in, and they probably won't get canceled. But I would I, I I'm ready ready to lay a hundred dollar bill on the table right now and so say you will not see a majorly promoted event happen in 2020. Um, so what does that mean? My frustrations are here. I have them too. I deal with an enormous group of athletes and I have to feel their frustration and deal with their frustration as their races get canceled one by one. So what do you do now that that's happening? Well, read my book or listen to my book. Um, but the the purpose of that is you'll get an understanding of what you can do now to help prepare for next year. I mean, now is a time when you say, you should sit back and say, okay, I can't race this year. So I'm just not going to train. Not at all. You should train. You should you should worry about keeping that base at, a, at a, a high level. You want to keep working that base at a high level. You want to keep doing the strength and flexibility training. This way you're really, 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 you know, you're, you're dialing in your body to be super fit and super strong and we all, love, we all love being super fit. Look, my favorite thing is when people come up to me in April and they say, I wanna get my beach body on. It's like, why don't you get your beach body on in December? Why are you not getting your beach body on in, in, in January? I don't understand that. Fitness is fitness, and, and fitness is your health, and, and fitness is keeping you alive longer, um, and, and isn't that all we wanna do, right? So my point is, now is a time to sit back and say, okay, I don't have to train hard. So what's the benefit for me of training? The benefit for you of training is the health, developing more mitochondria, developing more capillaries, developing a stronger cardiovascular system, developing a stronger muscular skeletal system. All these things are things you can do with a great big base period while you're waiting for races to open up again next year. And then you can say, okay, what do I want to do? I have this enormous base already. Now you can take that enormous base and apply it to a training program that's going to benefit you, where you can work a little bit harder than you were working before in early phases of training, so your development's only going to increase. Um, you know, in, in my book, I talk about the benefits of strength training. Um, there is a lot of controversy out there. Do do endurance athletes benefit um, from strength training? I, for one, base my argument on the success of my athletes. I see my athletes get stronger. I see them have less injury because of two things. One is they train smart, they train consistently, but we do strength training, we do flexibility training. And that helps with keeping the injuries down and preparing the body for the harder stresses later on in a training cycle. So I'm a big believer in strength training. I talk about nutrition in the book. Um, I think, you know, everyone says nutrition is the fourth component to triathlon and the second component to uh, marathon. I think it's the first component of both because why would you not dial in your nutrition at the very first part of a training cycle or for your life, in fact, and and move it through the training cycle with you? I talk about periodization eating, and periodization eating is based on feeding the efforts of the training cycle. So early on in a training cycle, when you're building base, and you're burning more fat than carbohydrate, you should el- reduce the carbohydrate. And I can't say eliminate the carbohydrate because there's carbohydrates in fruits and vegetables, but reduce the bad carbohydrates from your system, increase the good fats because that's what your body is accessing for energy in that cycle. And you're teaching your body how to be more fat adaptive as you go into the training cycle. Then later on, as we move through the training cycle, we start to add different kind of nutri- nutritional intakes in order to support that phase of training. That's periodization eating. You know, at the end of at the end of a training cycle, at the end of a race period, now we have lifetime eating. And I cover that in the book too. I cover all phases of that because I think it's important. I think too many people don't understand nutrition and too many people want to confuse it. Look, I don't care if you're fat adapted, if you believe in keto, if you're a vegetarian, if you're a vegan, that's not my business. My business to see if you're either of those four or five different classes of eater that you do it the right way in order to support what, what your activity is going to be. And I talk about that in the book. Um, I, the audio book I narrated myself, so this is what you're going to hear. Um, and the reason why I chose to narrate it myself is because I just didn't think that hiring someone to narrate my book would get my passion for what I do across so that people could feel what I feel and, and the love that I put into this book is very, very important. It took a long time to do this. It was very, very nerve-wracking wanting to release it. Um, but there's a, there's a lot of science that I've taken and have tried to make, and I don't like to use the phrase dumbed down, but it's, I try to make it, it I put it in the layman's terms so that everyone can understand um, what effort-based or heart-rate-based training is about. Heart-rate-based training has been around since the 50s and the 60s. Uh, it did not become very, you know, Arthur Lidyard, I think was the first one to really expound upon um, heart rate-based training with elite athletes um, as he coached his athletes for the Olympics and his athletes won over 20 gold medals and no coach can ever, to this day, can say that they have won 20 gold medals with their athletes. So it, it began to, it was proven then by this little known man from uh, New Zealand. Uh, years later, um, Joe Friel, Phil Maffetone, Basically, third-generation Lydia coaches developed the science a little bit more as we began to understand more about the human anatomy, the human body. As gadgets came out that help us monitor um, the, what's going on inside the body, they developed better, more concise sciences. I think the one problem with those guys are is that they don't they don't commit to, to teaching you those sciences in a way that you understand. Not that they're bad guys; both geniuses. Joe Friel is my hero. I think, I think he is the guru, um, of heart rate based science. And I've, I've followed him. I worked for him a little bit and I've learned almost everything that I know of him. And to this day, I will reference him, um, over and over again. In the book, um, I talk about my philosophy of coaching. My philosophy as a coach has always been to evolve with, with new sciences. We understand more and more about the human body every year, even this COVID virus is now teaching us something more about the human body. And someone once said to me, if you wanna be a good coach and if you wanna last for a long time, you need to be able to evolve and not be locked into your ways. And, and, and I have done that. I've made changes in my approach to coaching with my athletes over the years, as I've seen in these 25 years, how to improve certain phases of effort-based training during certain phases of effort-based training. So each individual, Gets the full benefit from who they are. And I think that's the important thing. The training program that you get after you read the book is I'm going to send you a questionnaire, you're going to fill out that questionnaire, and that training program is going to be pretty much dialed into who you are, the individual. Um, again, when you read my books or buy my books, you always have access to pop questions to me. Um, and you can do that at prsfitgmail.com. You can even come into here and ask me questions because I want people to understand what I'm teaching. I think that's the most important thing to me, that the more an athlete understands about what they're doing and the why they're doing it, the better athlete they become because each workout then has a purpose and a direction that they understand that why they're following that purpose and direction rather than just blindly doing it. You know, athletes who just blindly do workouts, Without thinking about what they're doing, that they they never really get the benefit um, of what what was meant out of the direction and the purpose of that workout. Um, I think I, that was that I lay out in the book, um, and I try again to keep it as simple as possible so that everyone can understand it. It's always my goal. Um, I think the book, um, other than my narration, I'm you know you hear me talk now, and I'm not a professional narrator, so uh, in the book you're going to hear some goof ups. Um, And and I think I state that right in the introduction to the book that you're probably going to hear some goof ups, but you will hear my passion and you will hear my commitment to this science and how it works. And, And to me, teaching commitment to consistency is probably the most important thing. Athletes who try to skip phases of training, athletes who try to bounce back and forth between phases of training do not get the results as much as athletes or even near as much as athletes who are committed to consistency of working the program. It takes patience. It takes time for you to continue to get better. And that happens very early in the cycles of training, in your base phases of training. And it takes a lot of mental commitment because when you first start, I know a lot of people and when they first start out and they're doing those long easy runs, they're saying, I've never run this slow in my life. I don't like it. I don't care. Because as you get through the training cycle, as you get later on in the base phase, all of a sudden at the same heart rate six weeks ago that you were running a 10 minute mile at you might be running an, an eight and a half minute mile and so you're now using less effort to go faster and that's what effort-based training is all about um i'm missing something here that i talked about in the first video that got deleted somehow or the other um i'll probably think about it later and 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 i will put it up um but i want everyone to know i wrote this with with the individual in mind and in the beginning of the book, I talk about intermediate and advanced marathoning. That doesn't mean, that's to me, that's not time-based intermediate or advanced marathoning. What intermediate and advanced marathoning means to me is you're no longer just going to a race to finish it. You're going to a race with a goal in mind. And I don't care if you're a 515 marathoner and your goal is to run four hours and 55 minutes. If you make that commitment to a new number, that's an intermediate or advanced effort for you. And that's what it means. Intermediate or advanced marathoning, intermediate or advanced triathloning means being committed to doing better, not just finishing. So everyone who reads this, who is who has that desire to get better is an intermediate or advanced marathoner or triathlete. Keep that in mind. It's all about the individual. It's not about the group. There's no one size fits all in anything that I do, anything that I write or anything that I teach. Um, I hope you're all staying safe. This is a very serious time right now. Um, This this thing, although I live in the state where we had the highest numbers, obviously, because we had the most dense population. I live in New York. Uh, We now are seeing lesser and lesser and lesser numbers uh, because our governor, who I think has done an amazing job. And I will stand behind that statement for anyone who doesn't like him. I don't care. He has done an amazing job controlling what has happened in New York. It could have been a lot worse. We are now entering into the last phase of opening things up and we're doing it with a lot more healthy people and a lot less cases every day and a lot less deaths every day because of this man's um, willingness to stay on top of statistics and stay on top of business and just being, you know, having the guts to say, no, you can't open yet. We're not ready to do that. And as a leader, that takes a lot of guts to say no. You know, I know as a coach, when an athlete says, well, I want to do this and I say no, it's harder for me to do that than it is for me to say yes. Yes. So I respect where he's got where he's gotten us. I think everyone needs to be very cognizant that this is a real issue. It's not a political issue it's a human issue, and we need to approach it smart, we need to be wise, we need to be safe and we need to be careful um, you know follow all the guidelines let's all get healthy again. We all want to race again in two thousand twenty one and the only way that's going to happen is if we kick this thing in the ass and kick it to the curb. And the only way to do that is by following the programs and the structures that the governors and have laid out in each state and each city um, in order to reduce these numbers until we find a vaccine that can finally get rid of this. If anyone has any questions, please feel free to send me an email, prsfit at gmail.com. Again, you can buy the book at teamprsfit.com, Scroll down to the bottom of the page. It doesn't matter which book you buy, the audio or the ebook I'm going to send you both. Make sure in your order, if you order that you include, whether you're Android or iOS, so I can give you the right book to download, um, to listen to. Uh, questions, again, I think I said prsfit at gmail.com. And as always, be healthy, train smart, have fun, and I'll talk to you the next time.